podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Wiz and Ashes Daily Podcast, sponsored by Travel Bag. Crazing holidays packed full of memories since 1979. I'm not sure quite what we've just witnessed, but <laughs> I'm your host, Ben Gardner. And joining me, I have Barrett Sunderessen, Crick Buzz's magnificently maned Australia correspondent. Uh, where, where, where do we begin with that? With my magnificent mane, of course. <laughs> and yours, you're not too badly maned yourself, Ben. <laughs> Enough of that. Uh, I guess we should probably talk about Ben Stokes for a little Maybe, bit. Maybe, yeah, we, we should. We have to. Well, once again, like this summer, we have to talk about Ben Stokes. Yeah. It's just that... Uh, I don't know. It, it, he just seems like the guy who is the last man to leave every party and he never leaves without... Yeah, without doing exactly what he... It, or everything he can. I, I was going to say he doesn't go down with a fight, but then I realized yeah. that might yeah. not go down too well yeah. with the... <laughs> but yeah, it's it, when he gets in that mood, it does take something incredible to get him out. I was thinking like the, the Mitchell Stark ball in the World Cup when he was in a, a similar mood to today and like it felt like almost everything conspired against... Australia to not get him out in a way. Yeah, I mean, but the, the interesting thing is he only started like you know slamming the ball everywhere after he'd batted two hundred balls. It, it was mm-hmm. like in the overall context, it is arguably one of the best paced test innings of all time in a run chase. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's always going to be that debate whether is this the greatest test innings ever, is this the greatest run chase ever. But I think the way he paced it. In a in a match where England had been bowled out for sixty seven, after the amount of bowlers he uh, after the amount of overs he had bowled, mm. that you can see, I'm still like shaking from that game. Yeah, yeah. so it, it it was just it was just a miraculous innings, really. And England needed a miracle, and uh, it was miracle man uh, Ben Stokes himself. Yeah, and su- such as some of the shots, like because it was basically he just kicked off as just in the last wicket partnership. You think he scored something like seventy two off his last forty two balls, and that was all in the company of. Of Jack Leach. I mean, that was what well, I don't know what the best shot was. Probably the it wasn't quite a switch hit, was it? Because his hands didn't switch. Yeah. But no. a reverse hit out of the rough over either deep square leg or backward point, whichever you like, for six yeah. against like one of the best test off spinners of all time. Absolutely. And someone who had gone past Dennis Lilly's record in this game. It was it was supposed to be all about the Aussies and Nathan Lyon. And yeah, like you said, he hit it out of the rough. And yeah. that takes a lot of doing. Most people would have just like, you know, padded it away. But to act, literally pull off a near switch hit to that. And then he hit it a long way as well. Yeah. He hit a lot of sixes today. But that, I think, when the, when the long... Because there were a couple which just kind of flew over the or mm-hmm. diving Aussie fielders. But this one just went a long, long way. Just an extraordinary innings. But if you think about it, he, he did have a lot of opportunities in the World Cup to pull off run chases. But he never, ever finished them. Not even in the final. Yeah, Let's true. not... I know you're English, but let's not forget England did not win the World <laughs> Cup. Like, you know, they won it on boundaries. So maybe he had a couple of boundaries more than <laughs> New, like New Zealand did. But he could not pull off a run chase. So it, it, it clearly meant a lot to him, the way he celebrated and the way he went about it. And for me, the images that will stand out are every time Jack Leach faced the ball, Ben Stokes did not watch. Like I've yeah. never seen stuff like that happen before. So he was at the non-striker's end. Uh, and like, you know, he wasn't watching it till the last minute. It's It's incredible. Is, is there anything Australia could have done? Did, did they bowl badly? Could they have changed their bowlers? I mean, obviously there are things they could have done in that they, there was that horrendous miscatch. There's a good picture going around, actually. I mean, there's loads of great stuff on, on Twitter. I'm sort of like, <laughs> everyone is raking in the likes. But there is a, one picture of like Tim Payne and I think David Warner running towards 
Nathan Lyon with glee on his face. And you can see the ball having just gone through his legs yeah. as he's dropped it. Oh. So that was that. There was Marcus Harris, poor Marcus Harris, having oh. come into this test, uh, who dropped it in the deep. Uh, there was the LBW, which they went up for a very speculative one that was just like desperation, really thinking like, well, we may as well take it because because why not? And then the next over, that that was why not? So obviously there were things they could have done, but from a, a tactical point of view, from a bowling point of view, was was there anything really? See, but that's the thing. Like we were talking about some time back, that cricket is a team sport. It often comes down to individuals who win and lose matches, mm-hmm. and they were just rattled. Like the way he was striking the ball. And and like I said, it 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 wasn't like some late order. If Jofra Archer had done what Ben Stokes did today, I'm sure they would have found a way to get him out. Yeah. But it was just someone who was so well set. And like, yeah, you can look at it and say, yeah, Australia gave up too soon in get him, getting him out. But they tried to get him out for 200 deliveries and failed. So tactically, what else could you have done but spread the field out? And like, but it's... It, it, Pat, Pat Cummins and Josh Hazelwood have played a lot of one-day cricket, but they are bowlers who do get rattled when batsmen go after them. Mm-hmm. And this is such an unnatural scenario as well, right? Where you have every man on the boundary, and like Tim Payne said, maybe that's where he got it wrong. Like maybe he should have, like you know, at least read into the bowler's mindset and what they wanted to do. Because generally, when you see, it, like you know, and you're attacking fast bowlers, Pat Cummins is an attacking fast bowler. It was Josh Hazelwood's test match before Ben Stokes came in. Mm. He nearly took 10 wickets. He could have. Yeah. And uh, then to then see like every man on the fence, you become defensive yourself. Mm. And like some of the, even the ball that he got the, the winning shot off, it was short and wide with all the guys in. You can see that they were just rattled. Even, even the DRS call, it was just one of those, okay, we can't get Ben Stokes out clearly, so let's try everything and get Jack Leach up. Like, you know, if, it happens. It happens in cricket where you, like one guy just has that that special day and leaves the opposition rattled more than anything. So do you think the, the, the way they were rattled, does it, does it make you worried about their sort of prospects going forward? Was this a team sort of worried about their chances to lose, to, to win the Ashes slipping away? Or is this a team just wilting in the face of a, of a great test knock, do you think? Well, like they've spoken so much about using the blueprint of the 2004 tour of India. Like Justin Langer like hopped on about it. He was part of that tour and they won in India after many, many years. So, and they've come here with a plan. They've come here with processes or oh, processes. I sound like a cricketer all of a sudden. <laughs> but yeah, they have come with a plan and they did stick to it till the very end. Till those last 42 balls they had done exceptionally well. They, they were like just within touching distance of having retained the urn. But will Australia get rattled like to, to an extent where they'll struggle for the rest of the series? At least they're fortunate enough to have a 10-day break between mm, now and yeah. Manchester. If this had happened in Lords, then yeah, I mean, whoever you are, you would have struggled to get back up at like, you know, at least if it would have happened. But because it's a, there's a 10-day gap and there is the derby game and like this time to like, you know, maybe bring in a couple of new guys in. Maybe Mitchell Stark gets a game now in Manchester. Yeah. And, and Pat Cummins has played three test matches on the bounce after having played the World Cup. So, yeah, yeah. towards the end, you could make out he was a little uh, all over the place. So, uh, I think Australia, the way they have been so far on this tour, will recover. Tim Payne seems to be the sort of guy who who admitted to having like messed up to, towards the end. like uh, Which was, I think, like... Uh, quite admirable like you know mm-hmm. he didn't like make excuses for anything which is quite good so I think this Australian team with Justin Langer at the helm uh, will not get rattled to that extent where suddenly you'll just like they'll be bowled out for 60 like England yeah okay yeah yeah <laughs> uh, yeah you mentioned Mitchell Stark I guess you're always a better player when you're out of the team and in a way you're not gonna have like that's not that can't happen 
for a third time. <laughs> so like, uh, like you, you can't pick a guy just because you might be in a basically a sort of one day situation and need yeah. someone who can bowl Yorkers and keep his cool. But what well, I guess, I guess, do, do you think he should come in? And what other changes do you think they'll make? I mean, especially with Smith coming in, who will he come back in for? Well, opening is a problem for them. Like David Warner has made 160, but their openers have been pretty ordinary throughout this. Mm-hmm. And Warner could have been out so many times, which he himself admitted to. So uh, opening is a problem, but like they've tried Bancroft, they've tried Harris. Now, you can't technically drop Harris after just one game. Like you will have to, unless they just decide to open with Kawaja, who himself has not had a great tour, yeah. and then bring Smith in. Because you can't drop Manus Labushain. Because he's like played three innings, played made like he's top scored in each one of them. So you can't drop him. So um, Smith obviously comes back. Oh, I, I pity the Derbyshire bowlers and the support staff <laughs> will be there. Like he's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be all, some all pain. Days, like yeah, uh, <laughs> like yeah, uh, there'll be some weary shoulders after that game. <laughs> so uh, it, so will Mitchell Stark come in? Before the series, I had predicted he won't play a test because he was the only. Bo- He's the only guy among the six that they brought here who has the potential to leak runs. And mm-hmm. Australia seemed to have come with a plan. Like I said, it's all about balance. It's about um, control and discipline. So, uh, Stark. But having said that, they did leak a lot of runs with the second new ball today. Mm-hmm. And like they didn't bowl too well with the second new ball. Uh, like, yeah, every, everybody's going to talk about that's, that's That's the amazing thing about test cricket, especially a test like this. People will focus so much on that on the last 20 minutes but there's so much that happened like you know in just, the just three in and a half day. days before that and, like, and, yeah. in, the day as and well. in the day as well just like, like yeah. what so Australia started with what four maidens in a row before England got off the mark then Joe Root gets out before the second new ball and you think oh England are going here and then Bairstow Be- Be- Bairstow's knock I mean I actually don't have it to hand what it, what it was and yeah. it, it, what, I mean it wasn't a half century but it was it was really it was crucial really in, yeah. in taking the initiative back especially against the second new ball I mean I think most people kind of assumed England would exactly. kind of crumble then uh, and then obviously Ben Stokes running out, Josh Butler as well. <laughs> yeah, Chris Wokes playing probably the worst shot of the lot. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, Chris Wokes has not had a good Test match. No, I think good he can series, do with the yeah, Well, I, I I don't want to say this about Joe Root's dismissal though. It's a lesson to everyone in England. If you are planning to leave anything, whether it's your crease or you know other stuff. You better know why you're leaving <laughs> <laughs> or you get stranded and like, yeah, Excellent. look a little embarrassed. <laughs> and then David Warner took a, took a brilliant catch there and then dropped one later. There was just so, so, so There's much, so much, like, so yeah. much. Exactly. And, like, and like, how, I don't know how many people will remember that England bowled up to 67 day before. Yeah, and we thought the, the yeah. lowest first inning score in uh, that aside from bowled out for to win a test since 1887. There you go. It's, uh, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and Back oh. when they never played cricket on Sundays. Imagine <laughs> if like, yeah, we didn't have cricket on Sundays. Yeah. Most exciting things these days in England seem to happen on Sundays yeah. for some reason. <laughs> so we should talk, I guess let's talk about the two spinners a little bit. So Jack Leach, who was obviously the greatest one, one not out in history. Um, who, uh, yeah, just the way the crowd would stand up and applaud every time there was a back foot defence or a forward defence. It was just amazing. The way he took his glass off and wiped them off between each balls. He's, uh, he knows how to endear himself to a crowd. Uh, but probably we'll talk about Nathan Lyon, who has he been a bit, a little bit below par the last three innings or so, despite obviously having gone past that, that record today? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a Nathan Lyon pitch, really. I mean, a Nathan Lyon pitch is one where there is bounce, but there is, there is like bite, but there is also grip. Mm. And if you 
noticed this pitch. It was coming on a lot more, especially today. And yes, there was turn, yes, but it wasn't like edge batsman where it was like dripping and like you know jumping at the at batsman because that's when you bring in short leg and leg slip, which is where he gets most of his wickets. But if you noticed, not many balls really like popped up in that direction, and Ben Stokes could just literally clear his right leg and swing. And again, maybe a tactical mistake by uh, Tim Payne. I mean. It was basically a gamble he was taking with, like, you know, bowling Nathan Lyon to him. That's when the momentum really shifted. But uh, Lee would disappoint. I mean, he is a world-class spinner. He's second, like, you know, he's mm. number three behind Glenn McGrath, Shane Warren. Who, who would have thunk it, really, like, five years ago? So There's no question about his place, is there? It's more just no, a, slight, a slight... There is nobody else. Like, Marnus is a lot of players. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I think you... That's the thing. It's, it's one of those... And I was just about to write that line <laughs> up, uh, upstairs. But it's one of those misadventures where you... Honestly, you're better like you're, you're better served if you do not uh, like you know get tempted to um, indulge in a post mortem for mm-hmm. like you know you you'll never end. There's so much that you could have changed, yeah. yeah. But eventually, I think you just have to like take your hat off to Ben Stokes and say, "Well played, mate." Like you know, what else could I have done? We tried everything. Yeah, we, we made mistakes. Obviously, you don't lose unless you make mistakes. Uh, Nathan Lyon. Sim- like we'll think about it similarly I- you did see towards the end it was uh, we were discussing this earlier like you know he hit the ground like it was like one of those football world cup uh, knockouts yeah. where, and then Tim Payne went and like li- picked him up and I asked him about about that um, I asked Pin- Payne about that in the press conference and he said that yeah he li- he apparently told Lion that like you know I want you to look strong here so that the younger members like you know which mm. is quite like a point in point yeah. really for me so yeah he would be down uh, he could have had Ben Stokes out. Like again, we go back to ifs and buts and whens and could have and should have. But these things happen in Test matches like this. Yeah, it's, it's another thing you should look at. Actually, is that there's a video of the winning moment, a slow mo from side on, and you see as soon as Ben Stokes hits it, he celebrates before anyone in the crowd celebrates. He just he just knows, and he's so in the zone that he like <laughs> he kind of knew like almost as it was bold that it was going for four. It was a uh, yeah, another another one to look out for. And yeah, absolutely, and that's when you see Lion dropping to the floor yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and like another, like again, another moment. I don't know how many people noticed when Ben Stokes got to his hundred. You see Jack Leach walking towards him to congratulate him, and Ben Stokes just asked him to go back. Mm. Yeah, and like you know, you could make out he was in that kind of zone. Like he, yeah, and uh, maybe it goes back to the World Cup. Like you know, there was the, the game against Sri Lanka, and I think there yeah. was another game. Was it against Pakistan? I don't remember where. Um, it came down to him, and he couldn't he couldn't finish it off. And well, the Australia game as well, wasn't there? Yeah. Oh, the Australia game as well. Correct. And, and in the final, like we yeah, said, he, yeah, did, exactly. he did not pull it off. Yeah. England, he did not pull it off. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure that all that was like bearing on his mind, and you know, uh, yeah. Headingley 1981, Headingley 2019. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I'm it's sure he wasn't an amazing ground for it. Yeah, and actually, I felt there was something. I think there's something heading the... I think partly it's just because it can be quite a fast-scoring ground and a ground where you kind of have to pitch it up to get your awards. But the game can get away from you really quickly as a bowling side. It happened in 2014 when we played Sri Lanka and Matthews and Harath. But on that partnership, it happened on day one with Labuschagne and, and Warner. And obviously England was searching a bit, but you kind of you, you do have to keep trying to pitch it full here. And it happened with that new ball. and that's it. But it's it's just, yeah, another incredible day on a on a on a pretty incredible ground and it is that new stand is, is amazing as well did you get a chance to go up there and, uh, and look out from it no it's, it's been, quite I've, a view up there it's I've like, been busy working in the yeah. Facebook I mean but you know how I work I keep walking around and like <laughs> no but uh, it pre- like you know if you look at great test matches around the world they generally happen on grounds with like which have quick outfields and mm-hmm. uh, a truish pitch whether it's like 2001 Calcutta or 
like you know the the games in South Africa, maybe the Brand Larachees in uh, Barbados, mm. they're all like fast scoring grounds because, like you correctly said, you you want games to turn quickly, and that's when you get exciting encounters. I mean. on slow dry some pitches that you find in india you, you might get an excite but it will be an exciting game of another kind not like a like you know one team dominating for three days and then one team like jumping back and fighting back and like yeah it is definitely a bigger comeback than uh, 1981 for sure i mean teams don't get bowled out for 67 and the way they were bowled out as well it yeah. was like you, you they like it wasn't like they dragged on for 60 overs and got bowled out for 67 they were like blown away in 27 overs so it was a fresh australian bowling attack as well in the second inning so so to chase 362 and like n- people have forgotten that it was 362 they nearly yeah, chased tr- 400 yeah. like yeah. now everybody's talking about the last 70 runs but joe root and joe denley played yeah. a huge role yesterday i mean in when you look at it and i thought joe root batted the best he has in a long time mm. in test cricket anyway so there are so many elements to this test match we could just keep talking about it for the next 10 days before we <laughs> yeah, do it all over again, again. Yeah. all right well we we should probably end it there i guess we concluded it probably wasn't the best test innings of all time maybe not even the best test innings of the year which might be kasab prayers One five three, and in weirdly similar situations, a last week partnership just a little bit bigger against an attack, probably just as good, and yeah. in a, even more unlikely circumstances, Sri Lanka never win outside of Sri Lanka, let alone in South Africa, where no touring teams ever win. They've been destroyed by Australia. Like I was there watching them yeah. being destroyed. Like yeah, I mean when you when you see a batsman get retired, hurt, walk in, and then replays another batsman who's been retired, you know a team is in trouble. That's yeah. where they were before they went to South Africa and pulled that off. So definitely, Kusal Pereira's innings. should be rated higher i know like because we are in england everything you have that happens in england always gets like you know highlight a lot more than what happens around the world i'm sorry ben i'm just saying no. pot shots no. pot shots at your kind but <laughs> uh and it pro- probably wasn't the greatest test match ever i think between two teams who are still not that that not neither of them that neither of them are great teams so you look you, yeah. you, you want you want the great test match ever to be between two properly classing but i think we can probably conclude that ben stokes is on his way to becoming one of England's greatest ever cricketers and is maybe having the greatest summer an English cricketer has ever had definitely and uh, just says so much about the the character of that man i mean he he's done some silly stuff in his life i mean and he's he's never stayed down though i mean mm. i was there in calcutta when i uh, remember the name brathwaite happened and and i remember seeing him the next morning at the team hotel i'd gone to meet a couple of west indian cricketers and he was there sat i think his partner was with him on one of those like side tables in the hotel like you know no no like it was like he'd been bereaved nobody knew what to say to him he was completely broken you know world cup final yeah. then bristol happens then he still comes back from that and then the world cup final happens and like you know he comes keeps coming back in that final like you know the super over all that put together um and and here like you know it's 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 he is something there is something special about him like he is an x factor cricketer that england have not had like they talk about andy and flintoff a lot but i would rate ben stokes higher oh, than definitely yeah. anyway, he's getting yeah. close to being above both of them as well i th- i think i think we should we should probably uh end it there but th- thank thanks very much for for joining me we will get we'll get you on again sometime hopefully talking about like long hair and not cricket <laughs> <laughs> okay i've been your host ben gardner i've been joined by barrett sunderson cricket buzz australia correspondent uh, this has been the wisdom ashes daily podcast sponsored by travel bag crazy holidays packed full of memories since 1979 and please if you enjoyed it we do a weekly podcast every week so you can subscribe to listen to that and uh, yeah on the podcast app on spotify and please also tell your friends thanks
Social Podcast Network.